covering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. Welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office Podcast. This is the end of season recap, and with me in studio, literally in studio, we have Phil and Todd. Keith couldn't make it. We wish him well, but we're in the same city, guys. I know. It's crazy, man. It's really exciting. Usually got half of a country between us. (laughs) Glad to be out here, honestly. Yeah, I'm out here for the Arizona Fall League. Um, Starts next week. Really excited about it. If you guys are out here this way, come check it out. Uh, the Fall League's always great every year. Um, with me, I like in the Pirates, you like in the Cardinals, mm. and Vlad's on the same team. So right. Oh, nice. Should be really fun to go watch that this week. Sweet. Yeah, I'm going to catch as many games as I can while I'm out here. Well, you should. I mean, lots of top prospects, guys that we're going to be talking about in the spring. So firsthand knowledge here. We got our scout team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So let's dive in here, guys. What were the biggest fantasy standouts this year? Guys that just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, Blake Snell has always been a top prospect. He's always been a guy that people have thought was going to be an ace. Um, but I don't think that many people thought it was going to be this year that he was going to be an ace and be in the Cy Young contention. So I think he's one of the guys that is uh, someone you're going to look out for and someone you're going to have to draft really early next year if you want to own a piece of him. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and bring it up. Uh, number 15 overall in the Plater Raider, Whit Merrifield. What happens, what happens? baby? It wow. happened. It happened. Wow. He Again. hurt us. Insane year. Uh, none of us saw that coming at all. I don't know about you, but I had him a lot of places. But I mean, top 15 player. I didn't see that. Yeah. The, the thing is, is his on-base percentage went up a lot mm-hmm. this year. Now, stolen bases were going to be there. Um, you know, he's, he's at the top of the lineup. It looks like that the Royals are just letting people run like rabbits. So, yeah. I mean, whatever happens next year, I, it looks like that they're going to let this this thing happen again. So he might even get to 50 or 60 next year. Well, he did lead the league, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he ended yeah, up he did. beating out yeah. Trey Turner the last week. Yeah. It was neck and neck going to that final weekend, but... Blake Snell, people knew he was going to be good, but not this year. And that really reflects in his ADP. Yeah. It was sitting 196 on fan tracks. 196. That. You got, you're going to have to get him top 25 next year. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. He's, he's, he's for sure going in the, in the first three rounds, I'll say. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's pretty much any league that you should be in. Right. Uh, he'll go in the first three rounds. Man. All right. So who was the biggest fantasy flop? I mean, other than Byron Buxton. Yeah. <laughs> hey there. I'll take that as a personal attack. Yeah. Um, I mean, just going off of the first round picks, for me, at the back end, but Chris Bryant, I mean. Totally a yeah, lost season for him. Complete loss. I mean, the shoulder injury obviously hampered him all season, but, I mean, he's a guy who you're taking 10, 11, 12, and did not have a good season at all. No. no. Did he even finish top 100? So while you're looking that up, I'm going to tell you that uh, Carlos Correa might be the most overrated player in all of fantasy baseball. Wow. ADP was 14th overall this year, and he ended the year with a 239 batting average and 15 home runs, three stolen bases. 405 slugging. This is not what you drafted. This is not the quote A Rod of the future. Um, all of these things that he was anointed uh, when he had came up and it had first couple of great years. He's a good hitter. He's a good young player. But I mean, we need to chill out. Hot take. You know, Alex Bregman's gonna have a better career. Yeah, he might even have that uh, shortstop position. Yeah, they might they might flip flop them next year because it's it's pretty clear that Correa can play the position, but it, he seems like Manny Machado where he's a little bit bigger. 
and he needs to shift over to, to third base. Yeah. And, and it seems like Bregman can hold his own at that position. He's, uh, He's a little, really little bit more nimble, a yeah. little yeah. bit more athletic. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I firmly believe that when all said and done, not many people would have said this, you know, last year, but I think Bregman's going to have a, a better career than uh, yeah. Carlos Correa. Oh, and I completely agree on that. And so looking up Chris Bryant, 298 overall yeah. on the player Ritter. Wow. Yikes. Uh, Robbie Ray, 299. So I could throw him in there too. I was really yeah. high on him. Uh, I was taking him top 50, I believe, in the fourth, fifth round. Yeah, that was leagues. just yeah. about where everybody was taking yeah. him. So then back to back, you hate to see that with um, Ryan Tapera. Like one spot ahead of both Ugh. those guys, so the part-time Who? closer for the Blue Jays. Who? So wow, wow. Now Bryce Harper seemed like he was going to be a lost cause, and the second half caught fire. Yeah, yeah. Right after the All Star break, he went on a tear, and and I don't know where it really came from. You know, well, that's I, I was the home was, run derby. I was told that thing, the home run like, derby is is verified to uh, sap all of your power, and instead of sapping all of his power, he got him in a groove. It. Yeah, I think he took steroids. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure it was steroids. Hot take. Hot so, take. Yeah. We're going to have to snip that one out. No. So when he's a Cub next no, 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 year, he gets suspended. No, no. Right. That, that, needs, that, that, that needs to be at the beginning. That's the clip. Yeah, he finished with a, a Chris Davis batting average, 249. Hey, yikes. Yeah, but he was batting like 200. Yeah, I know. But I, I mean, mean he, he didn't go on a Goldschmidt tear. Right, right. Who went from batting 200 to batting 300 yeah. to finishing at like 290. My thing with Harper is he's just so inconsistent across the board. He's he's had the power every year, but he's he's so inconsistent about the stolen bases or about where his average is or about what he's going to do for you. And he's he's had those injuries in the past where, I mean, I don't know. I, someone's going to pay him a whole lot of money this year, and I just don't – it wouldn't be mad if it was the Cardinals, but I don't think anyone's going to get the value that they pay into yeah. it. Whatever cost that they pay in, it's not going to be worth it in the long run. So Machado gets more money, obviously. Machado should get more money, yeah. in my opinion, um, especially because he plays shortstop at this point. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he should long-term play shortstop, but that's what he wants to do now, and that's what he'll be signed as. Um yeah, I mean, I, I do think that he should make more money, and I do think his contract would actually be more valuable. All right. Not betting on that 100 and 100 runs and RBI on Harper there. Now, the biggest first-round surprise, like out of the guys that were drafted, the first 15, shoot, I'd almost say Joey Votto is a big surprise for not producing what you paid for. Yeah, man. 12 yeah. homers. Yeah, <laughs> especially at Great American Ballpark. I mean, that's – look at uh, Scooter. I mean, he, he can yeah. – he has power there, but I I was shocked. He, just the power never came all year. So. Now, Arenado was pretty much machine-like, yeah. near 300 average, 100, 110 runs in RBI, 38 homers. Wow. I feel like I'm, I'm going to go out on a small limb and say that that's his floor at this point because, uh, I mean, he hasn't produced anything other than that in the last, like, five years. True. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's his baseline. He could lose – you know, he could be like Justin Verlander and lose his arm and, and you know, lose a leg at some point, and he's still going to hit 300, <laughs> 35 home runs, 100 RBIs, uh, maybe 120 RBIs, to be honest with you, because, of course, so who knows. So is the biggest surprise here that Mike Trout is not going to be the AL MVP? I mean uh, – I mean, you can't – he's missed a little bit of time, but Mookie's had such a good year. And, I mean, you can't just – you can't write him in every year. You can pencil him in, um, which we all did, or a lot of us did, and all of us were wrong with that um, for the predictions that we did. Um, but, you know, 
Betts had such a good year that there's no way that you can take anything from him. This is this is Betts' career year. Yeah, very much, very much a career year for him. He's got Trout by 28 RBI. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Trout still has him by seven home runs. They were tied for RBI on the year. Yeah, because I don't think anyone saw Mookie uh, bouncing back this well. Because I remember last year he had the wrist injury, mm-hmm. and that definitely just sapped a ton of just talent from him. And he wasn't the same player, but this year it just all came together. He stayed healthy. It's just all around tremendous year. Obviously, he's going to win the MVP. 30 so. 30, man. Oh, yeah. How about Christian Yelich? Dude, weren't weren't we all over that for power bump? Yeah, I mean, I was. I don't. I don't know. I, I had him in a couple of different places this year, and it feels like no one was talking about it. But on the last day of the year, he had a chance to go for the triple crown. <laughs> like literally, no one talked <laughs> oh, about right. it all year. And yeah. then, and then the last year, somebody tweeted it, and they're like, "Oh shit! Wait, wait! He, he can get the triple crown!" Like this right is possible. That last yeah. weekend, right. It was right there for him. Yeah. Even down to game 163, right, like yeah, all right, he had to do was right. hit one three-run home run, oh, that's and, it. and, and that was it. it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone saw that big of a power bump uh, coming from Miami. 36 I mean, home runs. Now his home run to fly ball rate is astronomical. So, and, and his it ground is. ball and his ground ball rate is still pretty high. So, yeah. if you're looking for next year, I do think you need to bake in some regression, uh, maybe 25 to 28. Yeah. Um, is, which is, is right where we were kind of right. Yeah. Right. 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 He got he got a little lucky this year, um, but he I mean he's also in Great American Small Park. So I mean it's something yeah. where he went from you know one of the worst hitting stadiums and yeah all he of baseball. plays there quite a bit this right. year. Yeah. Right. So I mean, and, it, and Miller Park is no slouch for home runs as yeah. well, right? Oh yeah, Miller, yeah. Miller, yeah. Miller Park. <laughs> yeah. Miller Park. So yeah, so I bad. mean they're they're essentially the same ballpark though. Um, but Miller Park, yeah, I mean it's 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 known as one of the best hitter havens um, yeah. in all of baseball. So cool. well, it's Chase Field East. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which have any of you guys ever been there? It it looks not, a not lot like person. Chase Field too. Oh yeah, like, you Just, can tell it had to be the same architect or something because it's. It's kind of creepy to go to if you go to a ton of games to chase. I think they were made the same year. Yeah, that's why they are such twins out there. Because you just see things in the concourse and you forget for a second. You're at (laughs) Miller Park and you're not at Chase Field. It's the strangest trip. But all right. So on the pitching side, this needs debated here. Clayton Kershaw is he a first round pitcher anymore? No, no, I don't think so. Even after his playoff game where he nearly went Maddox on us and went a. Complete game and had two strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm totally afraid of that. Um, no, I'm, I'm honestly just afraid of his back. And, and, yeah. and he's had other issues that came up this year. I think what it was his shoulder impingement or something like that this year as well. Yeah. yeah. So there, there was there was other things going on that, you know, other than his back, which has scared me for a couple of years. I actually traded him in a keeper league and literally you know, laughed at the guy right after I traded him. And, you know, it's, it's my home league, so we do a lot of, you know, ribbing. Um, but basically, <laughs> as soon as I traded him, I was like, okay, have fun with his back. And then he went on the DL like two weeks later. Um, so, you know, it, it just happens sometimes. Uh, well, I, I had a few of those this year as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, you trade him, and the guy ends up getting Tommy John, yeah. like, the next week. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's never fun when it happens to you, but it's always nice whenever, you know, you're in a league that you do talk a lot of smack and, and you literally call it out whenever it's happening. You're like, yeah, have fun with that back. And then it happens and you're like, <laughs> you know, you get hate mail for like the yeah. rest of the year for it. So so Kershaw is a tier two pitcher now. Like he's the top of tier two. Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, you asked me if he was a first round pick, so I'm going to go with no on that. Definitely no on the first round. I would pick. not take him in the first round pick. Um, I would probably still so, take him in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. So who are we taking above him? Uh, his pitchers, Scherzer. Yeah. Um, that's one. Um, Sale. Man, I don't know. Sales had some issues too. That's a thing. I'm 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 kind of you know. Six in one hand, half dozen in the other with that those two. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> to be honest with you. Because both of them had their injury concerns and both of them are just elite when they're in there. So do you take DeGrom over him? Yeah, I probably, probably yeah. I probably do. Um, so DeGrom has graduated gets, into that right. Yeah. Into that es- tier. Especially when he gets traded to the Cardinals and gets on a team that actually has a good <laughs> offense this year. So uh, calling that right now early, baby. Yeah, I saw some stat that if the Mets would have scored just four runs in every DeGrom start, he would have won thirty games. I think that was a troll tweet. Oh, was it? Yeah. It was oh, a really? Troll. I'm pretty sure that oh, was a troll tweet. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Because no, I think he well, gave up like six rounds a couple of times. I, I like saw it tweeted quite a few times. Ooh. A lot of people thought that that was a real one. And I was like, wait, uh, that doesn't make sense. He gave up more than that like a couple of different times. So, um, But yeah, so he was really good this year. Yeah. Like crazy good and killed yeah. win. Maybe not in your fantasy league, but in like your your if they kill the win in major leagues, obviously you're going to have to kill it in your fantasy league. But we should not be judging pitchers off of wins at all. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Circling back to Kershaw, I just think he still is a first-round talent. And if you told me he's going to throw 32 starts next year, he's still first a first-round pick. pick. Yeah. First-round pick. But there's like almost just no chance he does. It's every single year, the last couple of years. He it's kind of like that with all yeah. the Dodgers, though. Yeah, and it's exactly. It's almost at the point where even if he was healthy the whole year, he's probably still going to hit the DL. You know, they're going to get a couple 10-day miss a starter yeah. too so i mean know. they have like 14 starters that would that would <laughs> yeah, legitimately true. be starter I'm, I'm not even being facetious oh, no. i'm like no legitimately they have like 14 starters that would be starting pitchers on some major league rotation um they'd be their number ones or twos like ryu could do that oh, yeah. right well and then he's kind of the same thing is and this is funny that you brought that up because i was going to bring him up later uh but so ryu is so good when he pitches but he's yeah. always injured so how do you bake in you know where you draft him because if you get him and he's going to have a two era for the whole year but he throws 15 starts for you how how, how valuable is that to you Uh, depends on how many dl spots you have honestly because if you're in a league that has five okay i'm really or at least some bench flexibility yeah like a deep enough bench that even if your dl as does end up being Mm -hmm. full you can still bench him and be fine probably around pick 100 that's fair you're probably looking in that range that's fair i mean that that might even be a little early for where you're going to be able to get him next year but true i mean i'm thinking you know maybe pick around pick 150 um that is probably where he's going to land next year and and i'm all over that all day next year um i was drafting him at the end of drafts this year uh and in some of the leagues where they were you know that the fancy uh the 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 invitational, the, the, yeah. the invitational, yeah. um, and also I had him in. Um, I think it was either the listener league or another league like that, um, to where you know really deep benches. You know, the, you're drafting almost everybody possible, right? Uh, and and so even when I drafted him, I had people laughing at me. You know, why are you drafting him? Mayeda is going to have a better year, this and that. And I'm like, literally, the the only time that he hasn't pitched well is when he's not pitching because yeah. he's injured. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's, when he's on the mound, he's good. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. And and so you know he's, he's not going to hurt you. And that and that's what you have to hide or hide yourself from is is keep away from the pitchers like, 
you know, the ones that are this year for me personally, Robbie Ray, he destroyed me. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, you Darvish, he destroyed me in the limited time he was in there. And, and Luis Castillo, he also destroyed me. And if you have guys that are that big of a variance that, you know, yes, they can throw, you know, eight innings of shutout ball with 12 strikeouts and no walks, but they're also going to throw two innings and nine runs and, and four walks and, you know, 15 hits or whatever, you know, it's going to be just a miserable game and you're never going to recover from it. So, I like the guys like Ryu where you kind of know what you're going to get. And if they're hurt, they're hurt. And you throw someone else in there where you kind of know what you're going to get from and them they're, too. They're almost like a, a mid season acquisition yep. for you. Yep. Or it's, like, or like a September call up or something yeah. like, a, like a prospect. Yeah. Just kind of a fill in guy that you know is going to be good. Kind of rich Hill is kind of that same way yeah. when yeah. he's on the Hill. He's yeah. good. As long as the blisters aren't there. <laughs> I mean, when he's healthy, he's He's such a steal of how late you can get him, how cheap you can get him in trades while he's hurt or when he gets cut. It's just Rich Hill, Raul, both those guys are both really, you know, end of the bench guys that can play huge and their their per game production is yep. so yeah. great. That's what I was looking for. But yeah. Dude needs to start peeing on his hands and getting some calluses. <laughs> like go old school on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, his contract's guaranteed. He doesn't need to do that. So <laughs> Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting for the Dodgers. Kershaw could opt out this year and jump to the top of the free agent class. And that's something no one's talking about at all. That he, oh no, they're they're. I mean, but it's not. There's as whispers, big as it should be. But isn't you know? his isn't his right. contract right now like 30, 31 million a year, or something like that? Like I think it's thirty even. Yeah. So if you're making thirty million a year and you have back issues and you just had shoulder issues, are you testing free agency even if you're Clayton Kershaw? Well, how many years does he have left? I That's think he's only got like, one. Is it? I thought he had. I thought he had a couple of years left. Hold on one second. Because I think it's he either yeah. hit opts out and hits free agency this year, or he is a free agent next year. Yeah. Because in that scenario, I would opt out. Because what if he gets hurt again next year? And it's right, you know, long term and not just a month, you know. So I would, you know, someone's giving you. He signed through twenty twenty. Oh, so he's got two, two more years so on on that two. as as thirty million a year. So That's he got sixty tough. million in the bank. So I I feel like that he's probably. I mean, I probably would because let's say even if you get twenty five million a year, but you get four years. Yeah, that's you know you're netting it guaranteed yeah, forty right. million dollars. Yeah, so you know if his back does just go out, he's still guaranteed that extra forty million. So it will definitely be an interesting off season this year. Oh yeah. All right. Well, Keith isn't here to defend himself, so we're gonna turn to some of these board bets we made this year, and we also added a couple on Keith. <laughs> Yeah, some of these were not not very friendly here. Remember when Keith said that Schwarber was going to steal 30, or 30 bases yeah. this year? You mean sexy slim down Schwarber? <laughs> That's right, yeah. That's and, and, and I took the under on that, so clear win for me. Yeah, when Keith said that Witt literally would not get a hit this year, that was... You know, taking over rough. that, but rough. He, and he and he definitely said Rugnet Odor would be uh, out of baseball yeah. before the end of the year, <laughs> and he was not. He actually had a yeah. really good stretch. Who else is on that Keith hates my players team? Uh, Arenado. Arenado, Arenado was <laughs> was one of the big guys on there. Uh, Keith hates my players hashtag on Twitter. All right, uh, this one Keith and Phil back in January. Also a player on uh, <laughs> Keith, <laughs> Keith hates my player list. He he might have won this one though. 
Domingo Santana versus Braun. Domingo would outperform Braun. Domingo spent most of the year at AAA. Yet. Not not great. No. Braun wasn't that great either. So we both kind of lost, but I lost worse. That's kind of what you're saying. Because if you had Braun on your team because Keith was like, hey, Braun's going to do better. You're not like, hey, thanks, Keith. (laughs) Um, So I feel like we both lost. But like I said, I lost worse. But but like, I I may have won better because I would have dropped Domingo that's Santana the thing. and you yeah. would have held on to Braun because he was still playing. So really, if you look at it that way, the replacement value I got off waivers probably was better than what Braun was worth, anyways. Yes, I I held on to Santana all year. Yikes! In the Invitational, Ooh. oh, kind of have to though in that league. I right? mean, right, like fifteen deep. The waiver wires are thin as is. Yeah. Had yeah. he gotten the call, he would have been the best bat available. I mean. And considering I didn't have any fabs past the all-star break, <laughs> it was, who are these weird outliers that I can grab for a dollar or for zero dollars? Uh, all right. This one I have to cop up to. Acuna versus Puig. End of season overall. I said Puig would outperform Acuna. Because I wasn't sure Acuna would come up and have some rookie struggles. Uh, Keith and Phil both said that Acuna would outperform. And looking at the final stats, he did. They were actually pretty close, numbers-wise. But there's just some underlying stuff that Puig didn't get the at-bats down the stretch. Even when he went off for, what, five home runs in three games? Yeah. yeah. And then he sits for two or three days. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing, Dave Roberts? That's that's part of the enigma of Yasiel Puig. It's uh he you don't ever know what you're gonna get with him. True. Uh, and and the thing is, is like last year everyone was like, oh my god, he you know he had so much power and all these stolen bases, and then where did they go? But you know, so Puig is a guy that I've never really liked. He's he's always been either hit or miss. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of weird. But he he did actually have a really hot September to to kind of pull a little closer. Luckily for us. Acuna also <laughs> yeah. had a hot September, True. and that True. worked out well for us. Uh, are, are we skipping the the KD versus? Uh... Oh no, we're gonna go back to it okay. because that okay. one was way back in December. This yeah, is before it, anything mm, happened. Mm. December of seventeen. Chris Davis will finish higher on the player radar in twenty eighteen than Byron Buxton. I feel like I got baited into that. I believe you did. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, I mean, Keith, Keith has my, a way. He knew my my Byron Buxton love, and he knew that it was very irrational, and, and then he could just say it, and I would be like, no, and defend my position. <laughs> and it didn't work for me. I, I'm pretty sure KD finished higher than Byron Buxton's ADP. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buxton went, what, 50th overall? Uh, Buxton went to the minor leagues for a long time. Yeah. In case, Yeah, that, right. that, that's where Buxton went. Yeah. Wait. Went to the doctor and a couple st- times. And, st- <laughs> and, and still didn't do well down there. No. Yeah. He had a broken foot? Toe. Yeah, I think it was a toe. It was like a broken toe. And then didn't toes, he have a wrist Toes issue? aren't fun to mess with either. Yeah. Like, I, I had my foot run over by a forklift before. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I missed the big toe or else the doctor was like, yeah, that would have exploded in your shoe. Luckily, oh. it missed. And luckily, I didn't break any bones. 
but I'm not going to say that my foot was not swollen purple <laughs> right, <laughs> for weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but breaking a bone in your foot and your whole game is speed, mm-hmm. y- you can't make up for it if you can't hit. He does have that solid on-base percentage, though, of like 240. <laughs> <laughs> That's all those walks he was taking at yeah. AAA? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's been working on that. Uh, this one, it was Bryant over Blackman on the Player Raider. I believe we covered this, but... Yeah, yeah, no. That, Chris that, Bryant not good at baseball. That season. that was that was the same day as the uh, Domingo Santana versus Braun. So you win some, you lose some. This one was a Todd and Keith bet. <laughs> Triple Crown Polanco versus Adam Eaton on the Player Raider. Todd, what's the final verdict? Polanco actually won on the Player Raider. Yes. But he did not win the Triple Crown. No. But 43 to 73, the pop and a little bit of stolen bases helped. But Polanco overall, not exactly what I was hoping for. A little too streaky, but but better than Adam Eaton. So. Also a little too injured. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Ended the year yeah. injured. He's going to have a little yeah. bit of a recovery there. Oh, yeah. So he had, I mean, all season long, he had little nagging injuries, a lot of uh, hamstring, just missing a couple of days here and there. But. He uh, full blown rotator cuff, so he's out nine months, and that's not good. So that kind of hurts his long term value. That's going to cut. He just had surgery a week ago, so so he's pretty much out till June. Yeah, best case scenario. Yeah, Yeah. and and the crazy thing is, he probably should have had the surgery in 2017 because that's when his shoulder first got hurt. Right, and he played through it and had that miserable year last year, and everyone was like, "Hey, he's healthy," and he was not healthy this yeah. year either. So that's kind of why he had a bad year, in my opinion. Yeah, because I mean, next year it's probably going to turn into a lost season, yeah. you know, at this point. Which long term might be a good thing, but his twenty nineteen values. You know, I'd almost take this bet again next year <laughs> that Polanco would finish higher than than Eaton, even in a half season, because Eaton yeah, is could. so injury prone as mm-hmm. well shoot he was out most of the year yeah because i mean my whole thinking behind the bet is even if his on-base percentage was still bad and polanco he's got enough homers a little bit of stolen bases he's gonna be there but right got a shot easy at 2020 I mean, yeah it's just adam Eaton doesn't really do much for you he doesn't steal bases like he used to no. i mean it torn acl he's had a ton of hamstring issues when he was dying backs i mean it's he's not he's still fast but he's not what he used to be you know so but was he worth um, like six prospects? <laughs> so can, can we so actually look that, up that trade? So that, was he was he worth that? Because wait, I'm wait, curious. wait, which which deal? So that it was, was Giolito. Um, wait, which which league are we talking here? Oh, oh no, no, just the, the major league trade. Oh, yeah. like uh, his, oh, okay. his actual trade to the Nationals. Um, it was bad. Uh, from the White Sox, White Sox it? trade him for three prospects. White Sox landed Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, oh my gosh. Dane Dunning, all for Adam Eaton. Yeah. It's it's fair to Bad. say that just Ronaldo Lopez is is doing better at this point of uh of that trade. Oh yeah. And then Dunning yeah. Dunning hasn't even really scratched the surface of what he has and Giolito had a uh, terrible six had, ERA year, but he al- showed flashes. Yeah. He also had as many wins as Jacob Degrom, so <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yeah. Killed the win, baby. But uh, if, if the White Sox would have scored four runs and every Giolito started, <laughs> <laughs> three games, so. it's true. It's true. I verified that. Oh, double check the math. 
They needed to score eight runs. All right. Total 2018 value. Nick Senzel over Todd Frazier. Is anything better than zero? Yes. Then I win. (laughs) (laughs) Had vertigo not happened, this might have been a very different conversation. Now, this is one between you two that early in the year looked like a landslide. But at the end of the year, it got a lot, lot closer. So this was Cesar Hernandez versus Nick Williams on the player Raider. Where'd they fall? So, I mean, they're kind of far down. So Cesar Hernandez had a 2.45. 2.45? Yeah, yeah, for like the Roto points. Yeah, the player Raider score. Uh, Nick Williams was 1.71. Attaboy, Cesar. It's close. I, died. I didn't have to die on that hill. Yeah. yeah. Because that was almost the worst looking bet in April. I mean, that was, I was being made Dude, fun for that. Through Cesar, like June, it was Cesar, looking like the worst. He had such an awesome beginning of the year, and then he just kind of fell off. He didn't yeah. do, he didn't do Where anything. Did he didn't steal any bases, didn't hit any home runs, and didn't get any hits. And so his average dropped from like almost 300, and he was on pace for, God, a lot of stolen bases and home runs. And then they all just went away, and he yeah. just became nothing. It was my saddest day ever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, Todd, you and Keith were talking Matt Harvey. You said Matt Harvey would have over a four FIP. Where did he finish? 433. Ooh. Still won it, but early on, Mets Matt Harvey way over four. But he did finish the season pretty strong. 433 was only on the Reds. Oh. Oh. 457 was the year. Ouch. Not great. Ouch. Yeah. Much, no, much, much, much better on the Reds, though. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Actually usable in some starts against uh, on the Reds. Here's what the Mets, you were unhappy every time you put him in there, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, his strikeouts per nine went up about almost one and a quarter. Home runs decreased. Babbitt decreased. Stranded runners more. Ground ball percentage stayed pretty even. The four and a half ERA versus a seven, not good. That's hot garbage. Hmm. Now, his velocity did return. It rebounded, and he was decent with velocity. But Hmm. I did make a recommendation late in the year to pick him up when he was on a hot streak, and he straightly dumped on anyone who followed that direction. So I apologize if you followed that recommendation. That was hot garbage. Now, as for our predictions going into 2018, man, the NL West, how the West was won, came down to game 163, and the Dodgers took it. Most of us had that one right. I was definitely wrong because I chose the homer. Um, in the NL Central, we all said the Cubs. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Cubs did not win the Central. No. And in the NL East, we were all off, as were most predictions. Never picking the Nationals for anything again, ever. I mean, you can't. They don't have a lineup anymore. I mean, I'm nothing. I'm talking 37, <laughs> 37 years from now. Someone asks me who's going to win the division. I'm going to say anyone but the Nationals. <laughs> what, Ronald Acuna will be in his 20th year by then? 25th year? Ronald Acuna third would be. Yes. The AL West, that still finished with the Astros, as we predicted. AL Central with the Indians. And the AL East... 
only one of us chose the Red Sox. Who that was? <laughs> that was you, Phil. Wow. You were almost the contrarian there. In the Red Sox. It didn't feel good. I'll no. I'll tell you that right now. It did not. But right now it feels good. And who would have thought that the Rays would have finished with 90 wins in that division? Yeah, that's crazy. But you also have to think that Baltimore Orioles finished with like seven wins. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were the, giving away quite a few wins this year. They, they go somewhere. Someone, Some else, someone else has to get those <laughs> yeah. wins. Honestly, you know, this is going on a tangent and I do that rather often. But um, I was looking into the numbers and so... I think there was like nine teams in the AL that were above 500. So there was quite a few that were below 500, okay? In the NL, I think that number was something like 12. So most of the teams were kind of lumped together, um, mm-hmm. and, and there was a, only a few that were tanking. And so that's why there's you have teams that like are like, you know, the Rays that have 90 wins, but they're not making it to the playoffs because their division is just stacked with wins. Right. At this they point. would have won the yeah. NL West. Right. Had right. they been playing. Or even right. the AL Central. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it just, that's just how it goes sometimes. So, um, you know, what was it? 2015, the Cardinals had, what was it, 100 wins or something like that? And they were a wild card team because the Cubs yeah. had, Cubs had more. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, it, it happens sometimes. It's unfortunate for the, the Rays to go through such a good season. And then at the same time, you know, everyone to write them off at the beginning of the year as a, a, t- a team that's tanking, um, quote unquote. But I mean, even at the deadline, it's, yeah. they were sellers yeah. at the deadline and well, then they, went on a hot streak. They got fam. That's not really being a seller. Okay. I mean, that's a lottery ticket. I'll be yes. honest, but but I mean, it's not being a seller. It's paid it, off. It, and and yeah. well, and, and that's the thing is, it, it is. And, it, and it's been a very live rebuild. And and plus, he's making the league minimum this year. The Cardinals yeah. made sure of that. Yeah, and you can almost argue trading away Chris Archer is a buyer move because. He's, yeah, he was terrible for the Pirates. Addition by subtraction. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, opens up a spot for the young guys, all those prospects, and almost and the haul that they got back from that. Even how bad he was doing, man, yeah. that's so crazy. Yeah, go them. We we won't get into that, it, Todd. It hurts. I don't know it if we got your reaction on that on any of the pods. I was I was uh, tricked into Neil Huntington. He uh, did some mind tricks on me. I was uh, a little happy when they did it, just because it's like the Pirates made a big move. It's crazy, but. <laughs> Like Glasno is what he is. It's, it's super high ceiling, but you still got to figure it out. But Meadows just such a good player. He just seems like a guy who for sure is going to be at least a solid starter in the major leagues. So it's kind of plus they threw in um, Bay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the crazy part. That was the first round pick last year. Last year, yeah. So that that was kind of the because as even, the as the player to be named later. I I was shocked by that. Yeah, that it's was, not like he. Archer overperformed and they were like, yeah, we need a better player for him. Yeah. Cause I mean, you have Archer for three more years at like eight or 9 million a year, which is nice. But like glass for Meadows, everyone thought the Rays won that. And then they threw in their first round pick. So it was yeah. like, that was a wild one. That. Definitely rough. 
Now we did wrap up our inaugural Fantasy Front Office Listener League. Must give some shout outs to James, who pretty much ran away with oh, it. Yeah. Almost wire to wire. From pretty much May on, dominated. He was in first the whole season. I think he actually had two teams and he was trading to himself. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's what happened. I wasn't paying attention most of the year, but I think that's what actually happened. So James, you, I hate you. We actually wound up pretty respectable in that one. I made a mad dash and went from ninth and finished in second place 22 points off the leader (laughs) (laughs) not much parody in that league yeah well all the parody happened from second to sixth place an 11 point gap yeah that's crazy and that includes the three of us all finished in that area Mm -hmm. and let's look at this other league here we started this thing called the battle of the podcast league that one was pretty much a wire to wire win for the Occupy fantasy team. There really wasn't too much of a challenge until like the last month. And even then it was a 14 point victory for them. Yeah. We ended up finishing the year in seventh in that league. And that's playing against Fighting Chance Fantasy, Six Man Rotation, the Nasty Cast. I mean, we had a motley crew of smaller fantasy podcasts and we we held our own. Yeah. We had a really interesting draft (laughs) and half the team was injured for most of the year. And once they got healthy, we made a run. Yeah. We had a really nice second half. Really nice. We, we were in 12th and wound up in seventh. We gained about 30 points in that league in the second half. Job by us, and, and <laughs> yeah, and most of that thanks is to Jer. Um, oh, he's the day to day operations of that team. Uh, well, week just, to week, I we, mean, yeah, week, week, to week. <laughs> week to week. It's hard to manage a team with so many co owners, and you know, when we, especially when we were doing the draft, it was kind of like, hey, we picked your guys last time. It's you know, hey, there's two of us to believe at this time. We're gonna go that route, <laughs> yeah. and and so it was kind of like you know, pulling teeth almost to get you know, where you wanted to go. And so the strategy is kind of hard to maintain because, you know, you're thinking one way and everybody else is thinking a different way. So it was a, it was a definitely an awesome experience, but it was out there at the same time. I've never really done anything like that with so many same. co-managers. Yeah. Same. Granted, the, the fun part is the draft, right? Because oh, that's yeah. where you get the most interaction. You've got time to sit there and go, okay, Hey, we're on the clock. Here's our options. What's our strategy? And you can debate it. You can discuss it and really have some fun, especially early. Once you get into the garbage time, then it's just, all right, well, let's just auto draft for a round. (laughs) Right. (laughs) See if our guy is even still available, queued up. So let's, let's give Justin Mason some feedback here on the Invitational. What were you guys' thoughts on it? How can we improve that? Unlimited DL spots that might have to be something that's yeah. discussed. Because, I mean, legitimately, I had 12 guys on the disabled list, and because it's such a large league and because there's no one on the waivers, I can't drop, you know, guys that I wasted or used early draft picks for just because they were injured for half the year, and I felt like I had to um, in some instances. And so, basically, I, I shot myself in the foot because I had to sit there and, and roster players that weren't playing. Yeah. And so I ended up not even, I realized today, I didn't even hit the uh, the minimum inning limit 
because half my starters got hurt at the beginning of the year, and I just wasn't able to be able to drop, you know, Robbie Ray. I couldn't drop him. I couldn't yeah. drop you, Darvish, because if he came back, you know, he he would be really awesome, is what my my brain kept telling me. So right. I had he's I had, a, he's an easy mid season acquisition right. for you, right? Exactly. So I mean, if if I dropped any of the guys that got injured, they would be, you know, somebody would have wasted most of their fab left on them. Oh yeah, and and so I just wasn't in the position where I was gonna give someone else my players that I drafted. So I basically had to sit on my hands and that, you know, that was the one thing that was really made me bitter um, because <laughs> I, I just had no chance. Once, yeah. once, the, once all my players started dropping like flies, I, I literally had no chance at all. I feel your pain. I didn't have quite the injury issue. You did. I had the youth issue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I was, I was betting it all on the young talent and I was like, man, if half to three quarters of these guys even play up to 75% of their potential this year, I'm in the running. Mm. And luckily it worked out somewhat. The others were injury prone or something. And if I'd have had any offense at all, I'd have been challenging at least my league. I, I ran a real tight ship with my starters and ran that bullpen out there, bullpened all the year <laughs> long and wound up with a top 10 ERA in the overall top 10 in whip in the overall. And luckily my draft strategy paid off with my starters. My only regret was dropping Hap before he was Mm. traded to New York. Mm. Yeah. Cause in one of the leagues, uh, me and Phil are in together. I almost pretty much dumped Hap to you. And then last minute pulled him back and kept him. And he was part of, I won that league. That was in flow. And that was a huge move. Just, because he was really bad with the Blue Jays towards the end. Humble brag. Humble brag. Just throwing <laughs> it in there, one flow. Uh, it's great. Hashtag humble yeah, brag. It out there. But uh, my issue is just like with 15 teams and the rosters were it massive. Was tw- no, it was a 28-man roster. So it was tight ship. You yeah. had three bench spots. Yeah, but I mean, with the starting lineup. Was oh, massive. true. That's an yeah. issue. Because you only had a couple bench spots. So you, you a lot of people were just starting hurt players. I mean... With only five DL spots, I believe, yeah, it was five. So you, I kind of wish it was a twelve-man league, just because you have a bunch of just really devoted fantasy baseball players. Like so, everybody's in the know. Yeah, so I think I would prefer a league that encouraged in-season movement because it was pretty much your drafts what you got, and it was hard to trade just because you don't have bench guys. You really can't do two for ones. It's starter for starter, and yeah. it's hey, if I trade my shortstop, I have to go find someone in the major leagues that plays shortstop. That's right. the point, you know. <laughs> I got to go get Jordy Mercer or Nick Ahmet. Oh, Nick Ahmet would have been good in this league. But, I mean, it. I just wish it was a little bit smaller. If you did 12 teams, more in-season moves, I think everyone would have enjoyed that. But Also, maybe daily transactions. Oh, yeah. It gets a little frustrating when you see your guys sitting there and, and they're not playing for, you know, three days out of the week or whatever, and you have a guy on the bench that is playing. Yeah. Or those those late DL announcements on right. Monday or Tuesday, right. and then you're locked in for the rest of the week well, with that. That that league didn't have the way it, it was supposed to, at least for all the leagues. But um, apparently, there was a weird glitch that only half the half the oh. half the leagues 
uh, had it set up that way. Um, that during the week, if you had an injury, you could yeah. sub out a player and put a player back into that same position. Yes. Um, yeah. but, but only for injuries. That was the only time you could Correct. do subs during the week. Um, so that was nice. But again, the fact that you only had three bench spots and, you know, if you had guys that were already injured, they're already filling up bench spots probably as well, as well. Yeah. So, you know, if you were in a position like me, you know, you're, you're rostering five or seven guys that in your active lineup that are on the DL. Right. Not great. Not great. Yeah. Uh, trading wise, there wasn't much chatter going on in my league. Same. Almost like, there were, there were a few deals. I had somebody that kind of reached out and they were like, so what about this deal? And I was like, nah, I can't do it. Yeah. I was like, but I got pitching. I need some bats. And they were like, nah, we can't do it. See, that's the thing is a lot of times with industry leagues, um, if you're in a league with guys that are in, in, in deep fantasy baseball industry, um, they also know kind of the same yeah. stuff that you know, if not more, or you know the same information and a different perspective of it. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be on the lookout for kind of getting screwed over in deals. So a lot of times people are a little more apprehensive in leagues like that. Yeah. Um, even Even my home league, like, they always make fun of me and they're like, Oh, industry guy or whatever. I'm like, I'm not really an industry guy. I'm just in, <laughs> yeah. I have a podcast and, and, you know, written down a couple of words here and there. And then I somehow got into the industry league. I'm not an industry guy. <laughs> um, so I just like to be clear on that, but they always like to make fun of me and I'm just like, you know what? It is what it is, but I, you know, you can only do what you can do is basically the way it is. So, yeah. Cause actually, in my league, I traded. I was very fortunate; my starting pitching stayed healthy, and I traded Kluber for Machado straight up. Oh, that's oh, wow. awesome! That's a good deal. Um, it was just—I mean, the, big too. Yeah, that was that was June. He was still in the Orioles, so that that was a good trade for me. And I had no middle infielders. It was—I forgot who I had. They got hurt, but it was—it was a wasteland. It was Jordy Mercer at it for a little bit, and Ugh. that's. <laughs> not good he's, he's a major league baseball player who plays that's why he was playing for me but uh oh. but i mean honestly there was probably three or four trades the whole year and it was just that was the one big trade and then it was just some relievers for relievers or starting pitchers like back end guys who just yeah. play for an injured guy but but yeah but i'm looking forward to next year hopefully the rules get tweaked yeah, a, little, a little bit which i'm sure they revamped will, i mean it was year one so yeah the so. the application makes it seem like the application for year two makes it seem like there are going to be some massive changes. Cause he asked if you prefer to be in Roto this year or head to head or points league. Um, last year it was only Roto, or this year it was only Roto. Um, so it sounds like that he's going to kind of tailor towards what you want to be in, uh, this year. Cause I mean, some people just aren't a fan as much of Roto. Uh, I'm kind of in that boat. So, you know, whenever I realized today that I missed the uh, minimum start limit or the minimum inning pitch <laughs> limit, it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge surprise because of all the injuries. But at the same time, I was like, man, that, that sucks. It makes it seem like that I just wasn't paying attention. But I, I kind of was, but I kind of wasn't at the same time, because once you get in that position, I, I was dead in the water. There was, yeah. you know, I was floating. Oh, yeah. around, I was floating around 13th or uh, thir- between 14th and like. 11th to 10th place for the entire season. I think I mm-hmm. think I topped out about ninth in the league. Um, and, and I, and I'm surprised they even got that high with, with how bad things got. So um, I'm going to have a different strategy next year. Uh, certainly hope that it would be in head to head as well. So uh, I can kind of show, you know, if I, if I fall behind early in the year, I can make some tweaks middle of the year and kind of make a run for a playoff spot. And 
also just one more note in that league it's a saves league and not a yeah. saves plus holds yeah and with 15 and, teams and straight average too instead of on base yes correct straight average so it you know some stuff hopefully it was kind of a, a retro setup on it yeah. and yeah that's what that's what did me in i didn't have any closers yeah. and those that i did have ended up hurt so I was I was shelling out Fab early. That's why I didn't have any after the All Star break. Yeah. Just trying to get some because some will get me somewhere in this league. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's brutal. I and, think I think strategy wise, uh, I learned something big about the league. You know, the fact that if it is going to be a, a roto league for me next year, and it is going to be you know a weekly lock, I'm going to draft two aces, and I'm going to sit back. Maybe draft two or three more decent starters, but towards the back end of the top fifty or forty. Well, like um, the, the, the reuse of the world, right? Yeah. Elite closers, though. Yes. Um, I'm gonna th- a couple of those, and then everything else is gonna be hitting, and then you know, uh, sprinkle a couple of uh, you may hopefully prospects in there. You know, lottery that, tickets. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing is, if you have a guy like that on your bench instead of a guy that, like we were talking about, just a guy that it, it, he's on a major league roster and he sometimes plays in games, those guys don't really help you. They don't hurt you that bad either. But at the same right. time, like you know, the guys that actually ended up winning this thing were the guys that drafted Acuna, the guys that that picked up Soto early in the, in the year that, you know, the guys that, you know, picked up Blake or that drafted Blake Snell early, you know, you have to, you have to see things before they happen to be part of the, the ahead of the curve kind of thing. So, and, and sometimes take a shot in the dark, right? Right. Yeah. Like the, especially in an industry league, everybody's following the same Twitter account. So mm-hmm. everybody's getting the same information. Everybody's retweeting it. So the, as soon as they say Soto's coming up, everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's dropping fab. Yeah. And you can tell, you can go back, and uh, Smata did wonders with his graph stuff. Oh, because yeah. you can go back in and you can look out week by week, mm-hmm. or even just by player, what the bids were. Soto went for $0 in my league. Whoa. The week before he got called up. Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, that's a zero zero dollars $0. Uh, yeah, I think the guy that uh, that picked him up was Fantasy Sports Addict Anonymous, and um, <laughs> I believe he finished second in the league. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it really is. He had zero fab for most of the year, uh, and, and he picked up a lot of guys a week or two earlier than what some people are. And yes. that and that's kind of what I'm talking about. You have to you have to see it. If you see a guy dominating in the minor leagues, take a stab at him. Yeah, you have to start following there, minor league guys that scout him or a little more aware on the peripheral to say, hey, who could be coming up? Like yeah. Tuki Tucson. Didn't think he was gonna come up this year. Mm-hmm. And not only did it come up, kind of dominated. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there was quite a few other Braves pitchers I thought would come up before him that that they did come up, but I didn't think that they were going to give Tuki a shot this year. But they, they definitely did, and he, yeah. he shined. Like even a guy to kind of be sleeper watching, um, Kevin Gossman. Yeah. Now with the Braves, mm-hmm. he's out of Baltimore, which has always been a deterrent for him. Same thing with uh, Dylan Bundy. If he ever leaves Baltimore, Dylan Bundy he, sucks. You might let's, want to let's watch be, on it. Let's be, a, let's be let's be let's be clear on he, this one. He's somebody you might watch. He might be like a zero bid guy to kind of pocket and put away. I turn off the TV when he's pitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. No. I. I. I'm just not a Bundy fan. Never have been. I think he's kind of smoking mirrors at times. And and yeah. 
that's my thoughts. Well, anybody that's uh, on your radar to kind of head into spring 2019, any of these prospects that we kind of got to look at so far, I know we're going to get a lot more info here soon, yeah. but anybody on your radars right now? So not necessarily prospects. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy. His uh, name is Mondesi. Um, I don't really know how to pronounce that first name. Adalberto. Yeah, it's 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 right. it's really long. Um, it starts with an A. There's a D in there somewhere. So um, <laughs> look him up. His uh his his name used to be Raul Mondesi uh, because his name he's Raul Mondesi's son. So right. you know yeah. him. Uh, man, I'm kind of being facetious. You know, introducing him, but. This kid has been tearing it up, and I saw him drafted in the too early mock. The one, the one that I was in, I think he was drafted in like the fifties. Wow, is that crazy? But I mean, look what he did in half a year. So he on, could lead, he could lead the majors in stolen bases next year. Oh, easy. 100%. Yeah, he's, if, he's if one he, of the guys that could. Even if he only gets on base at a three hundred clip, he yeah. could he could easily lead the major leagues in stolen bases next year. So on he, the player rater, he was worth. 5.55 in like half a year you know, in half the, half year. the yeah. year i mean he's the next trey turner i mean that's he's what we want set. trey turner to be yeah <laughs> 276 average 47 runs 14 homers 37 rbi and 32 stolen bases even if you temper the home runs down to like 20 or 18 for the year if you get 50 stolen bases and and you know 15 home 15 home runs from him Let's say he gets, you know, he ran into some luck this year. He had a better uh, average than what he probably will next year. So he bats 260 next year. That's valuable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's so, top, I don't know if it's top 60 overall valuable, though. Let's, no, let's, let's but temp, let's temper that oh, part of it. Careful in yeah. your drafts. He's the helium is going to rise yeah. come spring training. I think it'll pop at some point and then go back down. Hopefully he did all of this damage in only 275 at bats. Wow. I mean, he's a guy who in industry leagues or industry mocks, he's going to shock us top 50 picks. But I mean, if you're in a home league, just, you know, your buds, whatever, he's going to be a great value. Cause I mean, just a normal, you know, your standard league, if you're your friends and stuff, he's going to be a guy who it's going to be a steal. And the you can probably get 70 80s. I mean, you, people are gonna who is this guy? It popped, you know, from the Royals, you know. So that's something to look out for. But in the industry league, I can't wait to start getting into the mocks and really oh, see man. how he's gonna go early. I mean, Way there's a lot to dream early. On. Yeah. I mean, so I'm gonna switch gears for just a second. Start up next year. You're gonna do a brand new dynasty league or, or a keeper league, whatever way you term it. Who's your number one overall pick? I mean, you have to say Acuna first off. Yeah, Kuna would be mine. Oh, you know, I mean, no, you know, Vlad's got to be in the conversation as well. Honestly, if if it's a keeper league, Mookie Betts. I mean, he's still super young. He had the MVP season this year, like he did it. Where Kuna, you know, might still be a year or two away, and will he reach? I mean, what Mookie Betts is doing is insane. You know, Akuna may never reach that peak. I mean, I mean, not many people have. So I would probably go Mookie Betts actually in a dynasty league, number one overall. See over trout. Yeah, I mean it's close, but so so who's the top five here? Like that's that's kind of what we got to look at. We got trout in the conversation. Acuna's got to be there. Vlad. See, even though he's never had any, I don't even know if I get bats. I don't know if I would take Vlad that early. I think I'd be pretty comfortable taking him in the second round, but I don't think I'm I'm using my first round pick on him. Um, There's no upside. True. There's there's 
if you get what you are supposed to get out of them, then you don't look like an idiot. Right. If you draft him top five and he does anything other than what we expect, you look like an idiot. Yes. And and so that's the problem. So I agree. Trout, obviously, is going to be up there. Mookie Betts, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, is going to be up there. I think I would probably take Acuna first if if given the opportunity to. Um, you, he, he's got a good shot at yeah. uh, even competing for the MVP next year. Right, right. Like he's got the talent to do so it, as long as he's healthy. I think he could end as the number one player on the player Raider next year. And and that's that's me. Possibly. That's that's gonna be one of my bold, you know, predictions next year. Um I've already written that one down mm, in my head. Putting it on the books. Right. <laughs> um, so that's three. Uh, let's see. Jose Ramirez has to be up there. Um in, in my opinion, yeah. with his age and power. Lindor. Uh and, and that was the other one that I was thinking of. Um, because the again, Bregman? because again, the age and the power. Now, I think I would rather take Bregman because Bregman is a better hitter, and he looks like he can sustain what he's doing. Right, and and yeah. he's 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 been a better hitter for a longer period of time. Lindor, when he first came up, was considered defense only, kind of like Didi Gregorius was. Yeah. So when he first came up and he hit he hit decently well his first year, I was like, hmm, yeah, that's funny. He's he's <laughs> you know he's not going to do that next year. And I was wrong. And and that's something that you know you need to not yeah, look you, at just you minor league be numbers. Able to say that you're wrong, sometimes. right? Yeah. Don't just look at minor league numbers. He's clearly made an adjustment of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Bregman has been dominating. He was the best college hitter in, in, you know, the year that he was drafted. And then he came up and he, he had that, you know, horrible start where it was like 30 games of nothingness. And then there was, you know, another 30 games of awesomeness. And then this year he kind of started off really slow and then boom, he picked it up again. So I think Bregman, yeah, I think he's going to be one of the, the top five picks um, in, in startup dynasties or keeper leagues next year. So I think those would be my five. I mean, with Bregman too, he plays shortstop. Yep. I mean, yep. So per- multi position there. So Bregman's twenty four and a half. He turned twenty four in March. Uh, or is it tomorrow? Mookie Betts turns twenty six, and then uh, amazingly, Trout turned twenty seven in August. <laughs> so I I thought Betts had at least two years on him. No. So uh, probably go Mike Trout. But I would go Trout or Betts. Um, just naturally, I'm more win now than uh, the prospect might. You know, Acuna might just go way past those guys and upside, but or on that level for a longer time. But it's just Trout and Betts are going to do it. You know it. This is like the peak of their career, and they're still 26, 27. But I mean, I'm not going to fault anyone for taking Acuna. But I mean, that's my top three, no doubt. And then you have Bregman in the scenario too. But so pitching wise, hmm. where would you? Shoot your shot on these arms. Trade for hitting. Valid. Yeah. That's in, in keeper in Dynasty Leagues, hitting over pitching. Always. Always, always, always. Now, if you force me to take a pitcher, um, ones with helium this year, we already talked about Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. He's going to mm-hmm. be probably, if you had a, a startup Dynasty or keeper league, he's probably going to be one of the top five to seven pitchers taken. Um, Aaron Nola, he's going to be up there. Yeah, uh, obviously Scherzer, but I mean, he's a little bit on the older side, but I mean, he's shown no signs of slowing down whatsoever. He had 300 strikeouts this year, so I feel like he's doing OK. Um, Severino, even though he had some hiccups towards the end of the year, I think since, you know, he's shown the upside 
Um, gotta be one more in there somewhere. Corbin's gonna have some Corbin. Helium. Corbin as well. Uh, my my main concern with him is where he's gonna land if he lands at Yankee Stadium, which is almost guaranteed. Right, right. We've talked about this before, yeah. but that's why that's why I mentioned that specifically. But I mean, at the same time, if he does land there, uh, I don't think I'd take him in the top five. Not, no, not not in no. any any startups. Like it would be, you know, it'd be a reach in my opinion. No, the thing of Corbin, he does turn thirty next July. So he's that old. Yeah, he's sneaky yeah. old. Wow. I mean, well, he's been a... he he did lose a year and a half yeah. to Tommy John. Mm-hmm. Like he came up, dominated twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. had an all star season, and then had Tommy John. Yeah, and really set him back. It took him a good three years to come back, and second half of last year shifted gears, added the slower breaking ball, and voila, the next evolution of Patrick Corbin. I mean, he definitely learned how to pitch at 90 and not 90. Like, I mean, he used to be a 94-95 guy. Yeah. And now this year, there were starts where he was 88-89, and he was fine. I mean, we were all freaking out. I was freaking out. (laughs) You're just sending me DMs like, hey, he's hitting 87 right now. I'm like, oh, no. But he learned to pitch at At, that level. As a nervous Patrick Corbin owner all year... (laughs) I didn't sell on him. Yeah. Oh, there were there was a good month and a half where I was yeah. like, what is wrong? <laughs> yeah, it his philosophy it was like May, June. I yeah. So he had that hot start and then May, June, he was throwing eighty eight almost every start. Yeah. And then it came back as the season went on. It was super weird, but didn't hurt him at all. But yeah, they, no injury yeah. we know of. Like the velocity yeah. dip just happened. It was just one of those yeah. things. But I mean, you know, props to him. He learned how to pitch. He stayed healthy. It's he's going to be good wherever he goes. And I obviously think he leaves Arizona. But, oh, but yeah, he is. Yeah, I guarantee he is thirty next year, which <laughs> is kind of surprising because he's got. He looks like he's twelve, but yeah. He, <laughs> but he's got to keep some stubble on his face so people yeah. don't think he's twelve. <laughs> Well, and I mean, Jay Happ has figured out how to pitch in New York. Mm-hmm. Another lefty there. Yeah, but he's also been in the AL East his entire career almost. Um, now, one thing about, I, I missed on the top five that I was just talking about, Jacob deGrom. That's that's clear cut, you know, yes. easy easy up there. So um, another one that was on the list that I was looking at the player rater, um, Garrett Cole took he's, some, took some major steps yeah. forward this oh, year. Yeah. Still pretty young. Um, still throwing cheese. That curveball just is getting better and better. Now he's got that that crazy slider that is, you know, they they taught him down in uh, Houston to use it a little bit more. Um, another random question for you: Shohei Otani, next year, batter only next year, next year, mm-hmm. startup dynasty. Where do you draft him? Being a dynasty, I would probably shoot ahead of his ADP. I'd probably shoot probably 20 picks ahead of his ADP. I don't know where he's going to go next year. I feel like you're calling him a first round pick then, because if you look at him as just a hitter, he did not have, you know, he did not have that many at bats and he had a damn good year as a hitter. Yes. Uh, He had 22 home runs, 61 uh, RBIs and 10 stolen bases with a 285, uh, 285 batting average. I'm going to figure out how exactly how many at bats he had real quick. So you guys (laughs) keep on. He stole 10 bases. He stole 10 bases. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the, and very limited at bats because because when he was pitching, he was yeah. only hitting what was it two or three days a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the last month and a half, he he kind of sneaky stole a bunch of bases. Yeah, wow. 
Because, I mean, with Otani, you're going to get a full season of him, maybe 500 bats. I mean, he doesn't face lefties. That's, Not very often. But, I mean, you're probably going to get a full season of him as a hitter. Now it's a DH. And, and it'll be definitely but, a good a good estimation to say, hey, this is what he can be if he's hitting only. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm on Baseball Reference right now. So he had um, 367 plate appearances last, last or this year. Um, 21 doubles, three triple or two triples, uh, 22 home runs, uh, 10 stolen bases, and the 285 average. Now his on base was 361, slugging 564, which is elite. Um, wow. So his, his OPS was actually 925. Uh, OPS plus 152. Um, so, I mean, he has, you know, he's been fairly regularly crushing baseballs as a part-time hitter. Um, you give him an entire season with, uh, you know, a major league hitting coach. At the beginning yeah. of the year, they said, you know, that, that he, could, he couldn't he could hit as well as some high school prospects is what, is right. what some of the scouts yeah. were saying in, in the spring training. So... The fact that he not only hit, he dominated when he was hitting. Oh, yeah. And he also dominated when he was pitching. So that's why I, that kind of my question is, is that are you taking him in the first round next year? If it's a startup dynasty? Because, I mean, if you look at the upside He's for what, the pitching. He's three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you call I, next I year yes. a loss for his arm. Yeah. In, in, you know, worst case scenario, let's say he comes back and he doesn't pitch very well. And they're like, well, now you suck at pitching. You're going to be a hitter only. He's 24 years old by that point. Yeah. yeah. And he's already hitting well. Think about the, the the next steps that he could make if he focuses only on hitting or only on pitching. So like you know, yeah. This guy could be very very special. Is kind of what I'm saying. And if you do have a chance even with the surgery next year, I would probably take him as a first round pick. Yeah. I would agree with that. It's something to factor in. So, according to the Platerator, and I like the Platerator personally, but Shohei Otani was number 22 last year on the Platerator. Yeah. It's because you get value both sides. and Right. You know, I mean, yeah, Machado 21, uh, Arenado 23, Freeman 25, Bregman 26, and right there is Otani at 22. So, I mean, he's a guy that if he does reach his potential, if he is an ace and a really good hitter like he hit this year, I mean, he's the number one player at Simon Close. So, funny thing, he only had... 51 more at bats than Mondesi. Wow. 51 at bats. <laughs> <laughs> and keep in mind, he was hitting, I don't, obviously it didn't affect him that much, but he had a torn UCL doing this. And I don't know how yeah. much it, you know, I, I never swung left handed. So yeah. I don't, I had like, I hit right handed and I knew when I had shoulder elbow issues, it bothered me. But, you know, him hit lefty, I don't know if it's less, but he does have a torn UCL and he did this. So just throwing this out there, Pools has had a pretty significant tear in his UCL uh, since his early uh, Cardinals days. That's why they moved into first base because he used to actually mm-hmm. play third base and outfield right. and yeah. right. um, a bunch of other positions like that. So. Yeah. They moved him to the first base because they didn't want him to throw anymore, and mm-hmm. I don't think it slowed him down very much yeah. as far as hitting is concerned. So I don't know uh, about the Tommy John aspect because, yeah. I mean, they were saying that, you know, because he bats lefty and throws righty, mm-hmm. that he can actually come back within three months. But if he batted righty because of the way your elbow motion is, yeah. Yeah. it would have been twerking the, the ligament at that point. Yeah. And so when you do it the other way, it doesn't twerk that ligament. And and it yeah so it just straight okay, yeah, it straight yeah, it straight, it straight it, exactly uh, it straightens it instead of twerking it the other way, 
Um, so they said he can come back from three in three months. So he'll be completely ready in spring training. Yeah, he's already had the surgery, so mm-hmm. he'll be good to go come February. Yeah. Now, if you're looking closers, we've had a few just out of the blue dominant guys. Like Diaz has had stuff last year, showed flashes, showed brilliance, did not see 56 saves coming from him. 57? I think it was 57. Yeah, it was 57. What a year. (laughs) Nobody saw that. And should have been more. Yeah. Had Seattle not just tailed off at the end that last month, he had a shot at 62. It's incredible. I mean, just because he had 50, I believe, early August, mid-August. Yeah, mid-August, just, he was like yeah. 10 away. Yeah, because I was against the Dimebacks. I remember when we got 50. And yeah, it was mid-August. So, I mean, what could have been if the Mariners didn't just fall apart? I mean, he would have had the record. I mean, honestly, if they would have just played the way they were playing and just kept that pace up, they would have. He would have easily got 62. And the other one, now, these guys are numbers 9 and 10 on the player Raider. So, overall, player Raider... You're looking at Diaz at 9 and Blake Trinan at 10. Both of them worth 12 and a half. Wow. I had Blake Trinan in a couple leagues, and I will tell you right now, he was very fun to own. And I will also say that uh, he's probably my number one closer going into next year. I would agree. Um, because you look at Chapman, there's injury risk. You look at Kimbrell, there's injury risk. Kind of same thing with Jansen. Um, the big names have the injuries and he's starting to age and and that's the thing too and he's he's on a team that is a little bit smarter than most teams in my opinion um and he just flat out dominated he had a zach britton like year and no one talked about it because exactly what you guys started talking about before edwin diaz oh yeah everybody want to talk about his save number blake trinan's had a better year he just didn't have a team that was winning you know close games at the rate that you know, so Edwin, Edwin Diaz was. So final numbers for Trinan: O seven eight ERA. Oh my gosh. 0.83 WHIP. One hundred strikeouts. I'm glad they got him in that last yeah. game. <laughs> Thirty eight saves and a nine and two record. Wow. And those were not vulture wins. Obviously, he didn't give up. You know, a run just to to get a win. It yeah. was that was stuff that no. were a lot of those wins. He actually went multiple innings as well. So early in uh, the season, yeah. he was getting two and three innings yeah. at yeah. times. Yeah. And just, I was worried his usage early in the season was going to really hurt him. And then Trevino stepped up. Mm. Then they traded for Familial. Yeah. Rodney and just stacked that bullpen. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sad that the opener failed them in their one game playoff. Yeah. Because they ended up having to bring in Trinan in the sixth inning. Yeah. I mean, he he was in his third inning of work when he got pulled. And it was just... They, he threw like 50 pitches, I believe. 45, yeah. 50 pitches. Yeah. But. It's better than uh, Zach Britton not pitching at all. <laughs> right? Just better to use him. Throwing that out there. Buck Showalter. <laughs> looking at you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> he will never live that down. <laughs> and, and, if, and he's uh, also not uh, the manager anymore. They sure. moved him to a different role. I believe the GM isn't even coming back. <laughs> yeah, because they got rid funny. of Duquette. Yeah. Who just it's, it's time yeah. for musical chairs in the front <laughs> office. All right. Well, we are going to wrap up this episode. Any final words? Any thoughts on the 2018 season that we didn't touch on? I was wrong about Ozzy Albies completely. <laughs> 
Now, so was most of the industry of, after April. That, that's the thing is like his his final season numbers look great, but really April was awesome. He was like the best player in baseball, and then after that, he was kind of more along lines of what I expected. So maybe I wasn't wrong, but at the stats say I was. So I was wrong. <laughs> I'm man enough to say it. Uh, for me, number three on the player radar was JD Martinez. And he just had a tremendous season. Unbelievable. Five years, 125 million, and there were no one else in the, the conversation. I mean, it was amazing how he just They essentially got him on a discount. Yeah, I mean, and as a Dimeback fan, it kinda sucks to see that. Uh, it I stings mean, a little. There's no way they could have kept him. They're they're strapped right now. But I mean, he had a tremendous season. I don't think a lot of people saw him pretty much repeating what he did last year. So and and he's going to get robbed for the MVP as well yeah. if Mookie takes <laughs> By his it. teammate. Yeah, and and so JD's year this year and his contract is one of the reasons why I think that there should be a universal DH. Um, you can't have half the teams being able to sign a guy like this to a contract the way that it was. So basically, yeah. the, the fact that he was a, he was considered a DH only guy, you know, only half the teams in the league were even eligible for him, and then half of those teams weren't interested in in signing him because they weren't interested in winning this year. Um, so you know, you basically put his market down to like four teams, and so he got less money. So the Red Sox ended up winning that deal hand over fist. Oh yeah. And it's and it's like, you know, the Cardinals and, and a lot of other teams could have actually afforded him, but they just didn't have a position for him. So it, it kind of sucks that that's the way baseball goes, is that there's a DH in one league and not in the other. And it, it completely changed the landscape of how, you know, that team's the best team in baseball because they got him. True. They yeah. did not. They needed exactly what he is. They got him and they became the best team in baseball. And yeah, I mean, that's a really good point because I think the Dimebacks would have been more motivated yeah. to bring him back because it was just, he can't play the outfield. Yeah. Just, he, he can't. And the Dimebacks don't want to lock up 20% of your payroll with Goldie Hank free agency and Grinky's huge deal. And a guy who can't play the field and you're a National League baseball team. So, and, and they're a team that loves, you know, they factored in defense a ton. That's why Nick Ahmed plays every day. And, you know, they led the league, I think, in runs saved or second. But so, I mean, you know, if you have a DH, I think J.D. Martinez might still be a dime back. Yeah. You know? and, and and think about how the playoffs would have gone. Because, yeah. I mean, it's a really good chance they well, would have. They would have. How the they season would have yeah. gone. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. There's a good chance that they would have actually ended up making the playoffs because, you know, he was one of the best players in baseball this year. You take away some of the not so great players that, you know, the, the Dimebacks had to roster this year because of the, you know, they weren't able to have right. him on the team. Yeah. So, you know, you switch that out. What they what they lose the division by three four games something like that or did they they fall more than that towards the end of the year I think seven, it was like six seven, six, seven. Uh, so yeah. they did fall a lot more towards the end of the year but but again I mean that's he could have been their heart and soul like yeah. you, you know the team would have well, been much com- like he was last year yeah. once he came over right there was no offense right. except for him yeah. right and had he been there in that lineup doing the same thing mm-hmm. this year. Corbin would have had a lot more wins. Oh, yeah. Granky, too. Granky. I mean, Granky only just, has 15, I think. So. Yeah, 15, 17. Yeah. 
And it was one of those things Grinky had 10 fairly quickly. I mean, he had 10 at the All-Star break. He was in double digits. And Same then, with Godley. Godley oh, yeah, had Godley. like 13, 14. Yeah. I but, think he ended up leading the team. But I mean, the Diamondbacks season, it followed the same script. You know, we came out of the gates hot. Uh, Pollock was, you know, on May 1st, Pollock may have been the MVP. I mean, he was on fire. And then, of course, he got hurt. That was a given. Pollock. Wait, he got hurt? Yeah, it's shocking. Right? Yeah. Color me surprised. Yep. Yeah, somebody's going to give him a lot of money. Ride the DL. There's a lot to dream on with AJ Pollock. The upside's there, but it's he's going to get hurt every single year. He's gotten hurt, and someone's going to overpay. Yeah, we might have to do a whole D backs refresher yeah. course here soon. Kind of see play out, like break out the conspiracy board and say, <laughs> okay, if we do this, then we can do that. And yeah, I would love to do that because that. Their offseason, they could still try to There's compete. There's a lot of directions they can or go. Or they could get rid of everyone. I mean, any scenario is possible. <laughs> and anything have, in between that. And you can make a good case for any scenario. I mean, it's it's a really fascinating um, Well, I just saw, saw an article today that I think I sent you yeah. where they were like, it's time to roll the dice and go all in. It's yeah. like, wait, that's what we've been doing the last couple of years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, thought that, I thought that's what happened with the Grinky deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they've been going all in a lot, and it hasn't <laughs> exactly. I mean, we got JD last year. We're paying Zach Grinky $34.5 million a year. I mean, they're. Yeah. They're, which, I mean, that contract, it's a weird one. It's a lot of deferred money, which is no one's talking about, and it's going to hurt us. But, I mean, he makes. Tw- what no one talks about with that deal is that he makes $12.5 million a year the five years after his contract ends. So they still owe him $125 million on the final three years. What's a deferred money? So it's yeah, yeah it, it's a hard sell to get rid of him, and it's you owe him a lot of money. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. It could be worse. could be Chris Davis. Yeah, it could be Chris Davis. <laughs> could be his money to Moss. could always be worse. So. <laughs> Stop it. We already have Dios money. <laughs> It can't, it can't get worse than owning Yasmani Tomas. You guys already oh own Yasmani Tomas. He played the full season. Could be Pujols with the Angels. I, that doesn't hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He, he got paid after he gave us 10 years of brilliance. Yeah. So I, True. I'm not I'm not one of those fans that's better. I actually was one of the fans that was like, go him. He got paid. Yeah. Good job. That He's he's there to make money, and that's his agent did what they were supposed to do. Already got, got his it. ring. Go, right, go get paid. He got, he got two rings. Yeah, yeah. So he won in uh, 06 and uh, 2011. So he had two rings when he left, and and you know, the perfect timing. TLR retired. Yeah, just in time to rip Changing your guys' the came guards. to Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right away our first pick for uh, Shelby Miller. And then gave his money to Moss. Sixty-five so, million dollars. So my thing is, is that he hated Shelby Miller when he was on the team, mm-hmm. when he was on the Cardinals. But then he traded for Shelby Miller whenever he got over there. So that was like a weird kind of love triangle. The whole thing about that trade, too, is that, first off, it all starts with them taking Dansby Swanson over Alex Bregman. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's and the first mistake. And then trade him and Enders Inciarte, who has been really good. For, I mean, this year was kind of his first downfall year, but he's been really good up to this point. And Aaron Blair, and Aaron wasn't Blair, that the deal? Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, Blair... F- faded out but Aaron Blair was a top five prospect at the time for the Dimebacks he was a big time prospect so and we've gotten negative value from Shelby Miller it's he's never done anything good for the Dimebacks I mean he did throw a scoreless inning he did throw a scoreless last game of the year yeah they threw him in there they told the umpires last hurrah they're like hey if you could throw Shelby a bone it's our make a wish moment help him out on the edge (laughs) 
kind of like the Joe Maurer. Let's throw him behind the plate, yeah, throw a ball yeah. that's way outside, yeah. so there's no swing, no chance at a concussion. <laughs> but catch I, one pitch. I heard he did get a concussion off. on that play, though. Oh, from yeah. the run out. Yeah. <laughs> Took the mask off too quickly. Right. Yeah, dizzy, it's unfortunate. Got a little vertigo. <laughs> All right. Well, we will sign off for now, and we will hopefully be back in your ear holes soon. And Keith, we miss you. Miss you, Keith. Come back. Miss you. Leave your leave your job wife. <laughs> you know the mistress is better anyways. <laughs> Come back to the fantasy world. <laughs>